0: Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.
1: Southeast Radio. Well, PwC has prepared its pre budget submission, and Ronan Furlong, a tax partner here in PwC in Wexford, joins us now to delve into their asks, expectations, and hopes for October's budget. Ronan, as we are midway through the summer of 2021, how would you assess the business sentiment out there at present? Well,
0: I think. It- in my experience, it's very sectoral dependent. So certain sectors, and if you look at the growth projections for the Irish economy, they're very buoyant. Um, but I think once you look under the bonnet, you quickly realise that it's, as I said, sectoral dependent. So some sectors are actually doing very well and have been thriving. And in fact, did very well last year as well, even notwithstanding the COVID pandemic crisis. However, clearly other sectors have been absolutely hammered, are still in crisis mode, um, hospitality. Retail, personal services, you know, gyms, hairdressers, etc. And they're only now getting back on their feet in a small way.
1: Okay, now you've name-checked the sectors that have been worst hit by the pandemic. So, from your insights into the market through PwC, Ronan, what Hmm. sectors have been most resilient? Well, I think manufacturing
0: um, has come through extremely strongly. I think life sciences has come through very strongly. I think pharmaceuticals in particular have come through very strongly. I think professional services, which is obviously the game that I'm in. Um, but that that has done quite well uh, it, during this difficult period. And I think one of the reasons why in professional services um, and finance also similarly has, you know, has come through quite well. I think some of the reasons are that uh, remote working has gone very well. I mean, an awful lot of businesses uh, were very concerned at the start of the pandemic um, when they had to, you know, we moved into lockdown periods. What would it mean? Would people still be productive? Could they connect with their clients? But as it's happened, the move to, you know, working digitally and remotely has actually gone very successfully. And, and I think that's great for where you and I are based, Carol, which is in the southeast of Ireland. Like, so I, I think that's great for Wexford because it has credentialized the offering of the southeast where suddenly, you know, why why can't large uh, employers look at having, you know, some of their operations outside of the main major cities, um, cost of living, much lower here, etc. And now, you know, with the whole remote working, um, you know, being a, a, um, concept being proven in in, in operation, uh, I think they'll be far more open to that. And I think we hopefully have a great opportunity to capitalise on that. And again, one of the things in our pre-budget submission is for, is for the incentivisation of regional hubs. Again, as a way so that it will be, there will be accelerated, you know, tax relief on regional hubs to encourage you know, these employers to, you know, send more jobs down into the regions.
1: And as your clients look to the future, what are their main concerns? Well, again,
0: sectorally dependent. Um, I I think a key thing for the sectors that are under pressure, so we'll talk about it, like, you know, as I said, uh, personal services, hospitality, retail, you know, they're looking at a fairly uncertain, you know, 12 months ahead. Many of them are still very reliant on the EWSS, they're concerned that it may be tapered too soon, uh, and we would share those concerns. Um, and one of the key, I suppose, pillar of our pre-budget submission uh, is that the EWSS will be extended to June 22 because, you know, the, the, the focus needs to be protecting and restoring jobs. Because as you know, once a job is lost, it can be very expensive through training, et cetera, to try and replace that using government funds. In fact... Um, a huge amount of you know, funds can go into that, whereas it could be a much cheaper way of protecting the exchequer. And also, let's not forget, a huge amount of the revenues that the exchequer collects is through the PAYE system. So it's crucial that we, you know, protect jobs. Other areas of concern, again, within there is, you know, the nine percent VAT rate. In fairness, the government have announced that that will be extended into 2022 already, but we will be saying. That, um, to, to, you know, enable those businesses planned that it would go beyond that to, uh, December 23. Um, because again, we need to get our hospitality sector back on its feet. I think a lot of it is about, a lot of the concerns is about how reliant some companies that are under pressure are on the likes of BWSS and also, you know, as I said, the 9% rate, tax debt warehousing, an awful lot of companies have availed of that. And again, they're nervous that it could be prematurely withdrawn at the end of the year. And we'll put them under huge pressure because it's been a really valuable relief. And, you know, I think it's important, sorry, just to acknowledge that I feel personally, is my view personally, that the supports that the government actually did introduce, they deserve great credit for them. Um, They have worked very well. The proof is in the eating in terms of if you see how many companies have managed to survive this crisis period. But that could change very rapidly, as you know, Carl, um, if those supports were prematurely withdrawn.
1: And just in relation to the EWSS, Ronan, from your analysis, how long does the EWSS scheme need to continue and does it need any refinement?
0: I think it's working very well, um, but it does need to be uh, continued, in our opinion. And again, we've discussed this with government. We are suggesting that it would be extended to June 22. Um, Now, to be fair, that's easy to say. I mentioned a huge amount of debt has been taken on and the government is under a lot of pressure to start to manage its borrowings because, as I say, there's up to nearly $40 billion, depending on which figures you look at, over a two-year period. This is a huge amount of money for you know, a population of $5 million. Um, notwithstanding that, uh, we think that it's, it's crucial that these businesses be given time to recover and you know, that those jobs are fully restored and become bedded in and secure before that, that is withdrawn. So that's why we're saying a longer period up to June 22. I would imagine they would look at doing some tapering if they were to extend this maybe some, maybe perhaps from January onwards. And I think that's probably understandable.
1: I was reading the results of a recent County Wexford Chamber survey, Ronan, and the question was asked about the EWSS and the importance of that scheme to businesses. But some of the feedback that came back from local businesses about the scheme was they felt it was a blunt instrument when it came to the fact that businesses had to have a drop in turnover of 25% in order to avail of the scheme, hmm. but some businesses might have had a drop in turnover by 15 or 20 or 22 or 3%, and yes. didn't get the benefit of the scheme at all. Do you think that there's some room for refinement in that respect?
0: Yes, I, I do, um, and I think more flexibility um, should be provided as well, certainly for companies on the margins, um, and I, I, that, again, that's part of our submission. The, the only, and I'm, I'm not here to defend the government. Um, but all i would say is look it was developed in a very short space of time in a probably in a bit of a rush and i i agree that has caused some pretty arbitrary uh outcomes where some people have fallen and some people fall now we would suggest that, that that would be higher than the 25 percent and there could be some flexibility or tapering around the margins of it as well whether that will be done or not it remains to be seen but it's one of the things that we've, we've mentioned
1: the tax warehousing facility that was provided by Revenue and continues to be provided has been availed by over 70,000 businesses, Mm. many of which are concerned about when this does eventually come to an end and they'll have to start making repayments on that debt. That could be anything up to, in some cases, 100,000 euros. What are your thoughts on that and what advice have you got for businesses in terms of how to engage with the revenue when that time comes?
0: Well, what I would say about that is, first of all, we it's very important that that would be extended it's currently planning to expire at the end of this year we think it should be extended to December 22 once it becomes clear whatever the date is that companies then need to start you know businesses need to start planning around that in terms of their repayments because it does have to be repaid at some point realistically I mean in fairness to the government as I said there's a huge amount of debt there the funds are required to pay that off so you know but, but I think so long as businesses know they can plan around it, and they, I, my personal view is they just will need more time.
1: Another initiative that was included in PwC's pre-budget submission was in relation to the small benefits exemption and how it could be utilised to support the hospitality industry.
0: I think there's some creative ways of using this. Um, so, as you know, at the moment, it, it, there's a, up to €500 Euros can be provided in the small business exemption way of a voucher. But we would suggest that that would be extended. Um, but it could be extended in, you know, up to 1500, but it could be extended in a targeted way so that, for example, the uplift, say, the thousand euro extension, you know, it would only qualify if it was vouchers within, you know, certain sectors such as Irish hospitality sector or, or you know, Irish food and drink sector, etc. Um, so again, I think with a bit of a creativity, it wouldn't cost the Exchequer all that much. Like if you look at what they tried to bring in. Like many of the supports they brought in last year were very good. Um, I think one exception to that, which didn't really work, as you know, were the supports for the Irish hospitality sector. This credit system, uh, you know, where people were able to get a credit and claim it back through their their tax return. I mean, I think there was very little take up with that. It was kind of clunky, to be honest with you. But I think there are easier ways of achieving the same
1: thing. And of course our corporate tax raid is under siege. Minister yes. Pascal Donahue is definitely defending this fervently internationally. But where do you mm-hmm. think this ball is going to land? Well, I do think
0: an awful lot will really depend on what happens in the United States. If there's over sixteen hundred uh foreign direct investment companies through the IDA have come into Ireland. Uh and o- and over half of those are from the United States and most of the biggest, largest ones and everyone knows they're all household names established based here um, so it is really important I mean it supports directly up to 260,000 jobs that get paid on average nearly 60,000 euro per average per employee so that's you know that's a very significant contribution to our exchequer and there's probably another 250,000 indirect jobs supported by those so it's crucially important and it's also a huge part of our corporate tax receipts so this is you know there's a lot at stake on this however I think the reason why the minister is playing hardball, I I think I I would give him credit for this. Um, He is getting a lot of flack for it, but I can see why he's doing it, because he's looking over at the U.S. Congress and he's looking at the U.S. Senate. Um, I mean, the Senate is literally split down the middle. And there is a question as to whether, you know, the legislation would pass in the United States. There's some very fervent opposition to it. All it takes is one key Democrat, a Joe Manchin-type figure. who You've probably heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's all it takes, and they can't get it through. So it's very finely poised. And I think what Pascal Donner, who was really saying is, you know, Ireland is not saying it won't participate, but they want to see that, the, that this is real in the United States. Because if the U.S. is going to move on this, well, then Ireland it would be foolish not to move on it. My personal assessment is that some change is inevitable, And the type of thing that's being discussed, the 15% minimum corporate tax rate is something that we can live with.
1: And Ronan, while a 15% corporate tax rate is palatable, probably more concerning is the other dimension to this conversation, and that's where exactly corporate profits are going to be taxed and its overall impact in time on Ireland.
0: Yes, that's an excellent point. At present, tax delivery is where a company is managed and controlled, i.e. in Ireland. The proposal is that more of its profits will be taxed where it makes its sales or delivers its services. And uh, uh, it's very unclear whether that would make it through the U.S. Uh, political system at the moment, again, which is one of the reasons why uh, I think the, the minister is uh, holding firm on this. But secondly, if you look at the OECD proposals, they are pitched at a pretty high level, um, And if they stay at that high level, and what I mean by that is it would only affect companies with a turnover of 750 billion. So, like, that's a pretty big company uh, by anybody's standards, I think it's fair to say. So, you're talking about, about, you know, maybe, you know, a, a relatively small amount of companies internationally would actually fall within this.
1: Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Ronan Furlong, tax partner with PwC here in Wexford. And I'd like to thank Ronan for his assessment of the important areas that may impact are continue to impact Irish business owners going forward.
0: Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.